Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, people, you know, I always talk about how much I love the 99 cent store. Well, I'm going to tell you my new find at the 99 cent store. I thought it was great when I got chocodiles with a Minions cover. That made me happy. And I should have bought more. And then they have those soft pretzels that I don't put the salt on because I can't eat a lot of salt. And they're great. But my new thing is soap. And I'm not talking like like ivory soap or cashmere bouquet, but they had this soap, and I got I just got a lemon verbena, which sounds weird, but I used to go to the Bur, uh, the Burbank Farmers Market, and there was a soap lady, and she had these big ass bars of soap, and they they were great. I used to get grapefruit and stuff like that, and they were great, but they're like six bucks. So I'm sitting there looking for soap, and I'm at the 99 cent store, and I've gotten like their English lavender, and they're like coconut almond or whatever but i got this lemon verbena and it's awesome i swear to god it was a dollar it's a huge bar of soap it's like some foofy box and i swear to god you smell like you're taking a shower with lemon pledge which sounds awful but you sound clean so anyway we have a great show today uh a, a, a fellow new jerseyite well via new jersey via puerto rico i believe it's Matt Marilyn Gigliotti. How you doing, Marilyn? Hi. <laughs> Actually, um, I was not born in Puerto Rico, but my parents were. Um, I was born in New York. Uh, so New York born, New Jersey raised, two years in Puerto Rico. Okay, because I read your bio because yeah. it says, you know, things. So so now you're now where you where in New York did you uh, live when you were a kid? Um, my earliest childhood rem uh, memory is um, Cambria Heights, Queens, and then also Long Island. Okay, so you're you're around now. When did you move to New Jersey? Oh gosh. Um I w well, this was after we came back from Puerto Rico at the two years. So you went in, from New York in, to Puerto Rico? Yeah. I, I was in seventh and eighth grade in Puerto Rico. Uh don't remember the years honestly, but um I started ninth grade in uh in, in Jersey. Which school? Which high school? Started off for about a month or two in Cedar Ridge High School okay. and then went to Saraville High School. Okay, because I, I went to Richard Stockton College in New Jersey and and we're around the same age, and all we had all these, you know, we weren't we called you guys North Jersey people, right? uh, Giants yeah. fans. We weren't used to it, and you guys, you know, you drank Mickey's. We didn't have Mickey's, the beer, and you said different things, and it was just it was weird. <laughs> you had different dialect, you had different food, and it was cool because we, I, in Stockton was down south, there was a bunch of North Jersey people. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't say that I, I hear the difference as far as like uh, the accents or anything like that. Um, but I, I do remember sometimes going to Cherry Hill and they would say that, um, that Sayreville. Oh, okay. My hometown. Um, yeah, they they would call themselves Central Jersey, which I guess they are, but it's like they would say Sayreville was South Jersey. I was like, no. No, Cherry Hill was South Jersey. Sayreville was Central Jersey. Yeah. Like Promise was North Jersey. Yeah. So you grow up, you grow up in New Jersey. And now, at what point in your life, when you were a kid, did you want to be an actor? Did you want to go into acting? What did you want to do? Because I know you, I know you've done both. You've done makeup and you've done, you know. Yeah. And well, you know, the thing is, it's like growing up. The one thing that I would bug my parents about, especially my dad mostly, is I wanted to take dance lessons, um, and I just always was interested in in the dancing, the ballerinas, and all things like that. Um, and you know, we. Basically, I was first generation here. Okay. And so, you know, the thing was, it's like dad worked to put food on the table, clothes on our back, and roof over our head. You know, and and that's all they knew. That's what they grew up with. Uh, so things like dance lessons and all these kid extracurricular activities, which wasn't even anything then compared to now. Oh, yeah. I, I always <laughs> said, well, I always said, like, for me, like, yeah, I mean, you didn't see, like, we had... In Cherry Hill, we had like the after-school programs where you could play tennis, you could take art class, but no one was taking dance unless you were like want to be a ballerina. I mean, yeah, so so it wasn't anything that was viable, and so I would kind of do my own little thing and all that kind of stuff. And I enjoyed watching the um, musicals on TV and things like that. But to think that I could be an actress, I mean, that's not anything that really uh, looked like it was an opportunity for me and nothing other than being a secretary it looked to be an opportunity for me even though there were there were those things i didn't think that was possible well it's probably because as you said you, your parents you know they were first generation here like my my mm -hmm. mom's 
you know, mother was uh, and father were right off the boat from Austria and Yugoslavia. So my mom did go to college and was a marketing major, which is way before her time because my mom now is 88. She was born in 1930. Mm -hmm. But for them, it was amazing that all those kids did something because for their parents, they came over and that was a the thing. They worked. They mm -hmm. opened up a, uh, a bar and a tap room in Philly. And probably with your parents was like it was like they work, and then for the kids they want yeah. you to eat. They probably they probably wanted you to get an education, maybe go to college. Um, college was not something that they said you have to do, but yes, definitely get an education. So you know, going to school, learning how to read, and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, college was if we wanted it. And honestly, it's like I didn't really care for school. I was a C average student. Um, it was after I did graduate out of high school and then I got married and then I had a child and at a very, when I was at a very young age yeah uh, yeah um and when I was in high school my school actually uh had uh cosmetology okay and I did think about taking it but they <laughs> had a requirement of biology I did not want to <laughs> dissect a frog. But, but that makes no sense. It's like, I mean, I No, it does. It's like once you realize it, and, and, and once I was actually in cosmetology school, I realized why. Explain me. I want to hear this. We have to know the bones and the muscles of okay. certain body parts, mostly the head and the shoulders, um, because it comes into play when we're doing hair or even um, facials and certain things involved with cosmetology. Because cosmetology is not just hair and makeup it's also uh facials um masseuse uh, well it doesn't include masseuse but you know it, it's it's a lot more involved um but yeah i i didn't want to dissect a frog so so you didn't okay i wouldn't either <laughs> I, I didn't want to dissect a frog either. it made no sense to me so so now now so you wanted to be a cosmetologist but you don't want to dissect a frog yeah so so when you get out of high school i get out of house I, you know i just kind of put it aside it's like oh well it's not going to happen so you know when i got out of high school actually i started working when i was a junior in high school and I started working at Kmart and doing the whole retail uh, stuff and then once I graduated and I went to an office job and um, got married again and, and uh, had my daughter once I was on maternity leave is when I thought well you know what let me go to cosmetology school now um, and so I did that and started working in a salon and did pretty well then Life changes happens, and uh, I got divorced, and that's when I decided I need to find something, and that's when I found acting. Yeah, because I read it because like it says in your bio, 1988, you started going to school for acting. Now, now, how did it find you? Because you know you had the cosmetology, and you danced, as you said, as a kid, you wanted to be a dancer. But it's such a, especially then, as I always say, like a lot of people weren't doing acting. Like I mean, you know, unless you lived in New York and mm -hmm. you knew, and and it was a small percentage when you think about it. I mean, I'm sure you, your friends weren't actors, and yeah, and so. How did you sit there and decide, I want to go to acting? Did you have an epiphany or what happened? No, you know, I'm not quite even sure the exact way it came about, and how, but I was just looking for something. So I started doing, looking at maybe some modeling, and not, obviously I'm not very tall, but there's there was petite modeling that was a little bit more uh, accessible at that time. And so I started shoe modeling. Um because the average size that they like to see as far as models is was a six, six and a half. So that kind of eventually just kind of led the way in the path that the more I started looking into certain things to do, it kind of led me to finding this ad in the paper for acting classes that were bringing, brought to New Jersey from uh, an actor, producer, director, who went to the actor's studio in New York by the name of John Ide. And I did not even start auditioning for anything until I was uh, taking classes there for about two years. Okay, so you actually, when you sat there, did you think when you started taking classes that this will be my career or did you sit there and go, no. so you just thought it's something, it's something to, something to do, something to kind of get myself out, you know, just something different, something that I was interested in. Um, and even though I did start taking those act, those dancing lessons um, once I divor got divorced and all that kind of stuff um, because uh, someone that I was working with in the salon, a very good friend that I still in my life today, 
she was taking dancing lessons at that time. And so I decided, well, let me go where you go. You know, it was, uh, she took some jazz lessons. And I, I'll never forget because it's my first class, first class ever of any kind of dance lesson. The instructor said to me afterwards, it's like, oh, you, you've taken dance lessons before, right? I said, no, this is my very first. And it's because of the love that I had for it when I was a ch young child. Like I said, I would do my own little things. I, was, I would kind of mimic dancers and what it is that they did. And, and uh, so, I mean, I, I didn't have the extension that most dancers had, but I had the rhythm. So you so you're doing the dance, but then you're also enjoying the acting classes. Yeah. So now now at what point I know you ended up doing some community theater and stuff to start. Mm -hmm. So you did it? Why did it take you so long? You think to uh, audition just because you know you see so many people who take a class and then it's like anything. Like, oh, I can do it. Yeah, I can do it. But were you were you just like saying I'm going to take my time and get well, good at this? Well, people who know me from a very young age know how shy and extremely introverted I okay was. Um, and I have to say, even to this day, I'm not as introverted as I am, but I'm, I have to say that I'm an intro extrovert. <laughs> okay. No, you know, I, it's funny. I, you know, I, I agree with that for the fact that is for me, especially because I had a background of doing comedy and when people would go, oh, you're a comedian. Tell me, you know, the old thing joke, but you know, you know, but when I would go to a party, I wouldn't be the person who would always want to talk to everybody, but I would find that that one person yeah. who I knew that had that same Thing like uh, you know, screw some of these people. Out, a lot of assholes here. And then when you start talking to them, then you wouldn't shut up. And I think you become extrovert. I think I think a lot of creative people are like that yeah, though. Yeah. When, when I had something to say, then I would be able to talk. But if I just didn't know what and where to even start, uh, yeah, I, I'd be like the quiet little mouse in the corner, just listening. So so you were sitting there. So you 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 were shy. So you really wanted to go audition. You just wanted. To... I. It was all security as well, um, you know, confidence and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I wanted to make sure that I knew what the hell I was doing before I, you know, went up on that stage and made a fool out of myself. Uh, and that's basically the thing. Um, as an actor, it's like it's a ticket to be able to be a fool, but because you're supposed to be a fool. Right. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to look. Yeah. It's yeah. A yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just, I just wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing before I went up on the stage or, or auditioned for anything. So you start auditioning for plays and you're getting some work as mm -hmm. I say with the theater, community theater. And then, um, I guess you became, uh, you got into the involved with the, uh, the murder mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. Now back in, you know, I remember they were huge. I remember it was murder mysteries and there was Tony and Tina's wedding. Yeah. And they were both, did you ever do a Tony and Tina's? I did not, but, uh, the company that I uh, did the murder mysteries with they had kind of a Tony Tina type of murder mystery um, and I don't remember if they actually had a name for it but I was the bride in Coco Bonaducci okay Bon Bonaducci so so you're doing them and, and these shows travel you go to different places yeah and, I mean much has been great because you know now were you still working at the slum when you were traveling yeah. So you're doing yeah, both. it's not like we were traveling, uh, you know, it, it, it's like if it was a certain show, it would be usually at the end of the week, um, anywhere from New York, New Jersey, um, upstate. Well, there were a couple times that we traveled uh, maybe about a two hour distance. Um, there was a restaurant. I don't know if it's still there called Mount Fuji. Um, God, I can't remember where it was at. I know I had to go up the turnpike somewhere. Wish I can remember the what lovely it was. turnpike. You know, it's so funny. I was talking to someone. I mean, how expensive the turnpike is. You know, now <laughs> oh it's like it's like. I well, mean, the Verrazano. I mean, it's I'm, well. I know the the Ben Franklin. When I, I was in back in Philadelphia for a long time, but the Ben Franklin Bridge used to be like I, I remember like a dollar each way, <laughs> and now it's like you have to pay when you're going. It's like five bucks, and oh I'm like, gosh. what the? But then the 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 Tocconi Pomira Bridge that goes into Tocconi, the Pomira, New Jersey, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's only like. Two dollars and fifty cents. So I don't want to take. I would never want to take that bridge because it sounds like it's going to fall apart. And it's like, why are we paying up? So now, so now you're taking the turnpike. You're going to these shows. Uh, yeah, yeah. And now, did you did you what, still want to act or did you just have oh, yeah. fun? I mean, did you were you having fun doing? I, it? I was having a lot of fun and I, I was I was being creative. But it's like once I did my first show on stage, and I find myself up there and people are actually listening to me. That's what I, that's when I said to myself, wow, I, I really like this. I, yeah, this, this could be something. And it's like, you know, as, as time went on, that's when I found myself. It's like, all right, let's see how far we can take this. 
So you're doing that, and now I know you end up. Uh, it was Clark's was a student film, but now was that your first audition for a film? Yeah. Or, so, so you 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 were a stage guy. I mean, stage girl. You were just a stage person, and mm-hmm. and so the auditions, I'm sure, weren't as much because you were you got into a company. They probably knew you, and you auditioned in a stage aspect. It's a lot different, as you know. And you, yeah. I mean, there were a few theaters that I was working at or not necessarily with we it's out there it's a little bit differently because it's like they don't have it's like you know um dues paying companies right that i could remember um it's like you you looked at the paper you kind of kept your ear to the ground and you worked with eventually you kind of get in with these companies and, and they'll tell you when they have auditions for whatever show they have coming up and you just let them know that you and you just auditioned um and then uh, through the grapevine is when we were told that uh, someone's a kid, the, the way they put it, it was a kid, uh, was going to be holding auditions at one of the uh, local community theaters that I had worked at. They're going to be holding auditions there. Um, and you just need to prepare a monologue. So, but yeah, you know, they were filming it and... Um, so this was for Clerks. Yeah, this so, was for Clerks. So what kind of monologue did you did you know? Did you have any idea what the movie is going to be about? Or they no, just, not so, at all. So you just you walked in, you have no idea. No idea. And so as an actor, you know, and when you hear a kid, you're probably thinking, kid, you know. But I know. Yeah. How? What? What did you? What was your monologue? Do you remember what you prepared? I I, I do. Um, and the monologue is called Night Luster, and it was just out of a monologue book. Um, and Basically, it's about a girl who nobody sees her. She just goes through life where nobody sees her, hears her, or, or and nobody pays attention to her, and just wishing for someone to. And so, it it, it I related okay a lot to it, um, and so that's what I did. But you know, uh. Anyone who's seen the 10th anniversary DVD um, can see my monologue on there. And when I when I heard it was on there, and I finally got to see it myself, because honestly, when I got off that stage, I was like, eh, it's all right. It's like I didn't really care for it. Uh, felt forced for me. Okay. And and when I saw it, I was like, yep, that's pretty much how it felt to me. It's like it did, you know. And, and as much as other people like what they see that I did with that, I'm like, no. Nope. I've done it way better than that. What's it like now? <laughs> like, like I think of, you know, I, I found my brother sent me some stuff from when my parents sold their house and I found this old uh, stand-up tape, but I don't have a BV, to VCR anymore. Uh-huh. And if I watched it, I'd be like, oh my God, because I was so young and just think, what was it like now for now? Mm-hmm. Like on the 10th anniversary thing came out. What was it like for you to watch it after, you know, after the success of the movie and stuff, was it just was it just odd? Like you're sitting there going, God, you know, what was I thinking? Like I know back then you said, you know, you didn't think you you nailed it. And as you get as you get older and you're in this business, we mature and then we know how much we've grown. I mean, did yeah. you just look at it and say, Holy crap, I was such an amateur? I mean, what was it like seeing yourself? Um, it's like a it's like a time capsule. I, I I don't say to myself, Oh my god, I was such an amateur. I mean, I definitely know that I've grown, but I've always known how to gauge my work. Okay. I, I, you know, I'm one of those people, and I know there's a lot of us out there where we're self-critical about how we do our performances of or anything, you know, um, because I'm kind of a perfectionist, and I've learned to let go a little bit. Um, but I've always been able to gauge my work, and and, and I pride myself with that, um, knowing that it's like, no, that wasn't it. It's like. Give me one more, please. Okay. So, so now you audition for it, and then you think you didn't do that well. Mm-hmm. And there's, was there a lot of other people there? You know, um, there were a lot of people there, but not all those people were auditioning. Okay. So, just... <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I like I don't know who had auditioned and who was just sticking around afterwards, or who was just the looky loos. Um, so I, I really couldn't gauge. Uh, there was supposedly a sign-in sheet. I don't remember the sign-in sheet. Um, I, I basically left after I did it, and I, I don't remember how long after that that I got the call from Kevin. Um, it could have been the next day, could have been within the week. I, I honestly don't remember. Now, now I always say this to guests when something like this happens, because there's so many shows and movies that you know really change. I mean, Clerks changed the whole indie scene. Yeah. Now, when you 
first saw the script, and it is a very funny script, Mr. Lizard rewrites, and you you knew it was going to be shot in black and white because you know we we all can watch it now and mm-hmm. say, oh yeah, you know you watch it, but what, at the time when those movies weren't being made like that, you know, yeah. and black and white was unless it's a Woody Allen movie, it's not going to be black and white, right. and it was something where when you were in the beginning, it, did you think? I mean, did you ever have? Did you have any clue? That this movie would become a classic, even though I didn't know how good it was. When you sat, you're probably you're probably proud. You're like, okay, I booked a movie. This is awesome. Which anyone would be happy. But what 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 went through your mind when you read this script? And it was just were you sitting? Well, there? and that's the thing. It's like Kevin called me up because he wanted specifically for me to come down to where he worked over at the convenience store um, at the Quick Stop, and um and pick up the script so that I can take it home, look it over, and see if I was comfortable with what the dialogue. Uh, you know, was about. Um, so I took it with me, and the next day I, I took it to work, and um, I was slow, so I was reading it, and I was laughing, and I was like, yeah, it's like, it's like I don't have to get naked or anything. So, right, yeah, but you know, it's, it's, it's like it's big words. deal. Yeah, it's that's, that's my thing. Is, as an actress or an actor, it's words. It's not. It's it's all, it's exactly. Not, you know, exactly. We, we we say that joking around with people all the time. You know, you said to your friends, ah, you know. So so you read it, and so then you're reading it, and so you decide you're gonna do it. Yeah, I decided I was going to do it, and I called him up. I was like, yeah, I'm in. Um, and I, I don't remember how long after that, but I know he still hadn't cast a lot of a lot of the characters and. Um, he was having some callbacks for the Dante and, um, at a rec place. And that's when I found out that Brian, who's a friend, uh, was there as well to, uh, audition for the role of Dante. Um, and then after that is, is also when we got together, found out exactly what was going to be doing. And, and, uh, we had some rehearsals in the convenience store. Um, but you know, at that point, it's like like you were asking, it's not like we were thinking about future. We were just in the moment of excitement. Oh, we're going to be doing a movie. Right, which, which, which is <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, especially, especially for you, it's your first audition besides plays. Yeah. And you're going, well, I'm changing to a whole medium. And for you, it must have been somewhat full circle because, you know, you were you were the acting. You're like, okay, you were getting into it. And yeah, now well, like... and we were all also in the same boat. It it was our first ex- everybody's first experience of anything, so we were all experiencing. It's like, okay, what do we do now? You know, at that moment, um, you know, for Kevin, figuring out, okay, you know, now I got to do this, I got to do that, and and uh, what do I do now? And um, for us, it's like, oh, we got all these lines to memorize. Oh crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of words. Right. Um, and uh, figuring out what we're going to wear and that it was going to be black and white because of the lights and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there really wasn't much thought beyond beyond that um, until we get the call that it's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be showing over with the IFFM. And so, okay, that's excitement. You know, we're going to be able to see it on the big screen that must be great i mean because you, you know it must be one of those things as i said you know you're in a convenience store and you're shooting it in black and white and then you know and then you get to see it on the big screen which is exciting i don't care you know for anybody i know actors you know any actor is excited to see himself except except when they see themselves so many times they're like i don't and it's not i mean it's not you don't want to see yourself at the scene. I know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the excitement though just as something you're in is gonna be in a big screen i mean to drive by a movie theater and see clerks it must have been you know Wow, I mean, it must feel a sense of accomplishment for all of you because it was such a small production. Yeah, well, I mean, and um, honestly, it's I don't there wasn't a marquee or anything like that because it was a, a film festival. Okay. Um, so basically, it was kind of hoping we'd get a, a nice crowd to go in there and watch it, but it was mostly just the crew, <laughs> the cast and crew that was there to watch it. Um, other than the most important person. And that was Bob Hawk, who who saw it, loved it, and if it weren't for him, it would not have been at Sundance Film Festival. Now, what I mean, I, you know, you think about it. I mean, and it is it is a story of overnight success. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, it's a matter of yes, you did acting in the theaters, but you it was your first audition, mm-hmm. and then you're in this movie that is by all chances, you know, an underdog. I mean, how many people yeah. were making student films or had the vision or this, yeah. and then all of a sudden. Now, how long did it take to the movie starts gaining momentum? And did you feel that? Because it's like your life must have been, people start seeing it. They must be like, hey, you know, people probably, 
idiots you didn't like in high school probably <laughs> calling you, hey, or seeing you at the mall going, hey, we saw you now. And you're like, yeah, I never liked that person. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't until after it uh, appeared at Sundance and once we got the word that Miramax bought it and once coming home that as um, certain things would happen with the film. It's like, you know, at, at whatever level that they were at, because it was filmed in 93, released in 94, um, October of 94, and it was January, February. can't remember if uh, Sundance at that year was either January or February, but um, so you're talking a nine-month period that things were just kind of gradually working its way up. And the momentum kind of started going, and especially once it was getting closer to the release and all that kind of stuff. So it, it, it was, it was, and still is, surreal. Um, it's it's kind of hard to put into words. I mean, because you kind of wonder, well, what's going to happen? Where Where is it going to take the career? Is it going to take us to the next level or not? You know, you just don't know. And then and then there's the fear. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, uh, what if it does? <laughs> right. I think, I think yeah. a lot of people don't recognize that, that, you know, there is a thing where if you, you know, I mean, your life changed and people started recognizing you. Mm-hmm. And... And for me, I think that's harder for a female because there's just so many creeps out there. I mean, yeah. and I sit there, I look at it, you know, when I try to get guests on the show on this. I mean, thank God I have female guests that have been on that I can say mm-hmm. that. But, and especially now, because it was before the big internet thing, but there's so many weirdos and trolls out there. And, and you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, for a female, you know, when your life changes, it's great. But, you know, also... With that change, if you had two weirdos that like you, now you have a hundred weirdos, and and, and yeah. that's not a lie. So now for you, you know, it's that fear. But so now, what is it like? Because then all of a sudden, it, it starts getting momentum, and people are watching yeah. it. Now you're you're getting recognized. Uh huh. And, and it happened almost immediately as soon as I landed into Sundance. So you you you, you get into Sundance, and what happens? And well, I'm it, it, Sundance is a ten day event. Uh, most of us, the actors, we were there for the last five days because that's when most of the screenings were taking place. I was in flight when one screening had already taken place. And so I got to the hotel, I'm, I put my stuff there, and I figured it was like, all right, well, you know, let me go to town, pick up my credentials and all that kind of stuff for the screenings, and uh, just walk around, get a feel for uh, the whole experience. And immediately people are like, oh, you, you were you were in the movie Clerks, right? And it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh my God, it's great. It's like, it's, love the movie and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, so it's like immediate, like, whoa, that's weird. And I don't know, I think it was the next day that Brian came in. Um, but the strange thing is, it's like he didn't have his goatee, so nobody was recognizing okay. him. But we were walking around together, and so they recognized me. And it's like, and yeah, here, here's Brian, here's Dante. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it was immediate because every screening was sold out in Sundance before we got to Sundance. Um, so that was just a great experience. But I, I do have to say that while at Sundance and it was bought and, you know, you just kind of start going through that whole thing in your head. It's like, wow, this could really be a big change in my life and it's like am I ready for that um you know if the fame happened uh am I ready for that am I ready to lose anonymity uh and at that time is when paparazzi really were kind of gaining ground and stalking people basically so that scared me and I have to say that that is probably one thing that led to me struggling for a long time of not really making it to where I wanted to be. Because I think, yeah, well, it's like, I mean, it's, you know, you think about it. We don't want to be followed by the people with the cameras, mm-hmm. you know, and especially, especially when it happens like that. Like if it's gradually, you know, like if you're a character actor and people recognize you in a restaurant, you know, and then recognize you from different things. Yeah. And like, oh. But if you're, and, and, and you're sitting and there. And me being the shy introvert that right. I was. And so you're sitting there going, wait. So, so now it must have blown your mind though when it started getting bigger and bigger because mm-hmm. people were recognizing you and, and your character, they're probably like, they may think you're the same way in real life. 
and they sit there. But but your character, <laughs> but your character is a nice girl. I mean, it's not. Yeah. That, that's, no. Nothing wrong but with yeah. That. Yeah. But I'm saying but the it's whole like, 37 thing. Yeah. And that, that's so funny. And, it's so, and exactly. But you probably get people. I mean, I don't know. I bet you've heard that so many times. In oh, your life. I. If I had a nickel. Yeah, it's crazy. But so, but so, how does it affect you though when you like when you come back home? To New Jersey, because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're Jersey people. I mean, Jersey people are the most down to earth people. Mm-hmm. So, does how does it affect you as the movie's getting bigger? How does it affect you? I mean, in in your neighborhood, because I know you know. And I mean, it really didn't uh, change all that drastically or anything like that. Uh, you know, we we do a couple of uh, newspaper interviews, um, but no, you know, I was uh, friends of mine. They were excited for me and and all that kind of stuff. And but life went on. You know, uh, I went to work. I, if I had an audition, had lines to learn for, for a theater show. So, you know, it, it just went on as, as normal, but you know, it's all the stuff really kind of going back in the back of your mind of, and what's going to be happening. And then, and, and then once the movie comes out, then that's a whole nother kind of added fear, <laughs> stress or whatever. Um, and anxiety and excitement and all that um, where, yes, people are starting to recognize you and at least people know who you are in the industry. Um, but I lived in Jersey. I had a daughter at the time and that probably would have been the ideal point for me to move out here to L.A. And I, I got to say that I never, ever thought that I would move out here to LA and I didn't even want to move out to LA. So you you, you wanted no part of not LA? Not at that part. Not not at that time. Um, I thought, no, I can do it here in New York. Um, Brian, It's funny, Brian was the one that said he was going to be moving out to, to LA and he never did. <laughs> um, so it, that, that probably would have been ideal, but I didn't think about it that way. Uh, I wanted to stay on the East Coast and uh, continue to do what I was doing and be able to do it there. Um, but I didn't know enough of the business, and that's the thing. I really did not know a lot about the business other than, you know, doing stage work. And, and it's not like I went to college and studied theater background and right. all that kind of stuff. So. And you didn't know. Yeah, I mean, and that, no one knows. You don't sit there and go, okay, because yeah. you think there's New York, there's L.A., and both will work fine. Yeah, I, 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 I really was pretty green in a lot of it. Well, you should have been. I mean, as I said, it was your first. It was your first movie mm-hmm. audition. So you, you you get the movie. You decide to stay in in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And now I know chasing Amy. You turned down the part because yeah. Is, is well, that, is that and true even before that. Well, even before that, it was he did Mallrats. Okay. Now, and um, they. Let me just say, it's not so much. It wasn't Kevin or anything like that because it's it, it, you know they gave Kevin the big budget to be able to do mall rats and so you got studio heads behind everything and they those studio heads allowed us to be able to audition for mall rats um but when i went and god it's funny because it wasn't like within the last year that brian and i and ernie hudson who played the the muscle guy and um a few of us got together to talk about our experience when we auditioned for Marats was not a good one. Why not? Um, when I went in, and I don't even remember what role they had me for, but I went in, the, the casting director asked me, you know, what role I was uh, auditioning for. I s- told her what it was, and she just had this perplexed look on her face, then looks over at Kevin and Scott, then looks over at me, and it's like, why? Like, you can just read it. Why is she auditioning for that role? Why, why, why would she be auditioning? You know, insecure actor, second real audition. That totally stopped me dead right there. It's like, you know, I, I didn't have a chance and it ruined any, if I had any um, uh, security at all for that role, it, it, it was gone. It was totally gone. I mean, I don't even remember it. That audition, I don't remember, other than that. And uh, so uh, I didn't even get a little part in that. See, that's, uh, that sucks that, you know, it's like that they sit there and they put they make you do it. Cause, you know, it's like they sit there and they go, once once Brass takes over, Brass usually, the mm-hmm. studio Brass usually screws stuff up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, sit there, they don't let the person have their original vision. You know, it's like anything. So now you do that, and then now with Chasing Amy, you didn't want to kiss a girl, right? Yeah, I was, um when, um and that 
actually was being right offered to me from Kevin. Okay, so so after Mallrats, he said chasing me. He offered you. A, he a offered part. me a role, um, playing uh, Joey Lauren Adams' girlfriend, and I actually met her for the first time uh, back in May uh, in uh, D.C. No, I'm sorry, not D.C. Miami in Miami. Uh, that was in June, and um, and I was wondering whether she even knew. So I asked her, I was like, so nice to meet you. I'm like, I don't know, you know, but it's like, I was actually supposed to play your girlfriend in Chasing Amy. And she's like, no, I didn't know. I was like, well, why didn't you? I'm like, I was, I was afraid of challenges then. And that's, and the, once I said that, because I didn't know what I was going to say, right. <laughs> that just kind of came out that way. I'm like, that's the perfect way. That, that was the perfect response. I was afraid of challenges then. I'm not afraid of them now. But yeah, but but it's, yeah, but it, and you're you're older now, you're wiser now, mm-hmm. you know. And back then, I mean, mm-hmm. and and the thing back then, girls making out with girls on screen wasn't <laughs> seen all the time. Now it's like every damn yeah. I mean, you can put a Disney show on and you'll see right, it. Right, right, But right. so so then so you 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 but you had a part in Chasing Amy. Well, yeah, I, well, but I didn't do it. You did okay. So I didn't have any part in Chasing so, Amy. So, and and this is, I found this out years later. I was already living here at the time, that. Uh, because I turned down that role, that's why I was never asked again. But I also found out very recently that it wasn't Kevin; it was Miramax. Okay, well that's you know that's bullies. They're bullies. So so you're sitting there in New Jersey. So now when did you decide to move out to LA? Because you 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 didn't want to come to LA at all. I know. So what happened? What what changed your mind? Well, you know, it's like um, I in the interim of finding everything that there is in this business and how to get ahead and what needs to be done. Um, at that time, I was doing a couple of casting director workshops. And uh, there was this one company that they did a week. They flew out here. And for that week, we would be meeting different casting directors. I'm like, well, you know what? That's a good, perfect opportunity. At, I also had a friend at the time that was by Coastal, who was also an actress. and uh, her and her husband had a place out here, and they also had a place in Jersey. So I had a place to stay. I was like, perfect. Um, we were both doing those casting director workshops. And uh, once I got here, <laughs> I hate winter. Let's just put it that See, way. That's that's the funny thing. It's like my girlfriend, my girlfriend moved out a year and a half ago. I'm like, I said, you know, I should try to get a radio job back east and move back. And she's like, no. If you want to get a radio job and you want to leave LA, it has to be somewhere warm. And it's true. And I always say that because, like, I've been out and I was in San Diego before this. I've been out here for like 20 years and I grew up in New Jersey and I was used to the cold. I mean, and now I've become like a wuss. Like, it's like 50 and I'm like, oh, I'm cold. I've I'm always like, been a wuss <laughs> when it came to winter. Yeah. I, I, I'm an August baby. So, you know, it, it, yeah. No, I never, never, ever liked winter. Um, I get cold very easily. Um, and so once I came here and I was like, saw LA, I was, oh, this is really nice. So I pretty much at that time went home and within six months, I made all the arrangements and moved out to LA. And that was back in 98. My daughter, she was old enough that I could ask her what she wanted to do. Okay. Because she's been to the same school. She, from... The time that she started school to the time that she graduated, she was in the same school. She had her friends and all that kind of stuff. When I was growing up, we moved a lot. I went to seven different schools by the time I, you know, did the whole kindergarten through 12th grade. So I didn't have any childhood friends. So I knew what that was like. And um, as much as I would have loved for her to come with me, Giving her the option that I didn't have, um, she she opted to stay, and so she well, stayed with family. But I mean, it is it's hard for a kid, you know, especially mm-hmm. when you get used to it. So you come out here now. You you must be a little uh, were you terrified or scared because you're you're living in a yeah. new city. But were you excited and and what were your plans? I and mean, did you have stuff lined? Did you have an agent lined up? Or? I didn't have anything lined up. <laughs> so you just you, you came know, out. I did. I just came out. Um, but the funny thing is. I was doing this all on my own for the first time, really going away on my own, even though I had been, been I had my own home at the time, you know, it, it, this was really on my own. No family other than a, a, an aunt that I had never really met. Um, she was living out here at the time, but I had no fear, um, which kind of shocked me 
a little bit. Um, you know, I, and I wasn't going to question it. It's like, I'm not afraid. Good. That's good. Um, but I'm not going to say that it was easy at all. I mean, it's not like I had a life savings of any kind. Um, so on the way out here, started looking for places to go and check out of apartments and had a place before I actually got here because I did have a, make a pit stop in Arizona. Okay. And, um, started making those phone calls while I was there and had a place to check out and took it right away. And I mean, you know, and then just started looking for work <laughs> to pay those bills. And it, it, that's basically. Now you've also, you've, you've, since then you've also directed some shorts and stuff like that, right? Um, I've not directed any shorts. Written, no, wrote. no. I thought, um, I, I've helped. I thought I, I thought I read you wrote something. I no. I must've read Mm-mm. it wrong. Damn it. Must've been Wikipedia. <laughs> So, so when you come out here, though, so now, now you're out here and you're kicking around like anything. You're going for commercial auditions and regular auditions and stuff like that. Are you, are you getting, are you getting work? Uh, you know, I've done a, a few other independent films. I've helped other people with whatever projects they've had. Um, uh, at a certain point, uh, I was taking classes with Richard Klein from Three's Company, and collectively with a, a lot of the other students, we put a show together. Um, so we basically produced it and he directed it and it was three short, uh, one acts. Um, so that was, that's my producer credit right there along with, you know, some other little ones, but, uh, nothing that has equaled clerks yet. Um, I've had a few, uh, TV show, uh, auditions, but nothing's really, and I'm still still pounding that pavement. Let's just put it that way. Now, do you miss do you miss the stage? I mean, because you know, it seems. I mean, it, you you started out, and I think what happened was after Clerks, you seemed like you got taken away from the stage just because you know you're yeah. in it. And now, and it's but it's like anything. Stage is like where you started out. That's mm-hmm. where you find the place. Do you miss this? I mean, now are you trying to get back on stage, or is this something you don't really want to? Or? No, I mean, out here, there's there's no time for me to do stage. Um. The, the amount of time that's involved with stage, I just don't have it. Um, so, I, but I do miss it. Uh, I, the one thing that I found that was closest to being on stage was doing TV shows that are, are uh, filmed in front of a live audience. Okay. Because when I first came out to L.A., now, Clerks was not union when it was done. Had no union affiliation whatsoever. Um so I needed to get my union card when I got here. That was the first thing that I had to do. So I signed up to do background extra work um, so that I can get my vouchers and uh, get them done. And I was doing some extra work back in, in New York and Jersey. Uh, so I got that, I think within the first four months that I was here, I was able to join the union. Um, but it was not, I mean, once I moved here, it was not easy. The first six months to a year, not easy at all. Um, but I did get to do some background work on, um, oh, what's the show? Sports Nights. Okay. That was a great show. Yeah. Iron Circuit. Yeah. So so you're, you're, kick, you're kicking around, and you don't say anything, you know. It says, this it, it was in a movie, so you're And then all of a sudden, I, get, I don't know if it was a few years ago, but the, uh, the conventions come out. Mm-hmm. Now... That must be something that, you know, I mean, I don't, these things are huge. I mean, I, I went to the Hollywood stars one, um, a few months ago. Cause my buddy knows the guy who runs it. So I went and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, I gave up my flyer, like <laughs> to do my show, you know? But I mean, so now it must be crazy when someone comes and says to you, Hey, we want you to come to this convention. What's that like when you're sitting there? I mean, it's gotta be, you know, cause, and cause you're, the movies have become such a cult classic that you're sort of like a, 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 a God. You know, these people, I mean, seriously, I mean, seriously, like a goddess, you know, you know, because everyone hated the other girl in Clerks, everyone like you. And, <laughs> and Kevin Smith says the only line he says is about you, that you bring him lasagna. And, you know, uh-huh. and so you're you're put up on this pedestal. And I know when these people go to to these conventions, I heard they're amazing. I mean, what is yeah. it like when you I mean, when when the first call came through for something to say, hey, we had this convention. Yeah, yeah, we're, you're going to come and you're going to sign autographs. You must have been like, what are you, crazy? I mean, it must be because our conventions weren't big then. Well, when did the when did the first iPhone come out? Oh, God, I don't know. Ten? Is it, how long? I don't know. Ten years? I don't know. Well, it was just prior to that <laughs> that somebody called me up 
out of the blue or contacted me. I don't know if it was email or what. Um, yeah, I think it was email. I got an email. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so we were talking on the phone and he explained to me, it's like, yeah, there are these things. I never heard about conventions at all before that. I didn't know anything about them. Um, and uh, so you basically, you take photos, 8 by 10s and people pay you for them. I'm like, what? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's one thing. So, yeah. So, but, and, Why would anybody want to pay for my autograph? This, this was, I was saying, and especially that much, really? Um, so he gave me a list of names of people, gave me a website, and I was like, looked it over. I'm like, oh, good. I know some of those people. So I did my phone call and my research and all that kind of stuff. It's like, all right, what is this? What's it about? Tell me who are these people and are they associated with you as well? Uh, and so everything seemed to be up on the up and up. So I was like, okay. Um, and Florida FX show, which is no longer around, was my very first show. Uh, they gave me a hotel. They flew me out there. I was yeah, like, so, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's a whole market that you didn't even know existed. No. And so, and that's what I've heard. They fly out. And then, so you get there and then you go into the room with all the other people. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you, you get to meet all these other peers um, and find out that they are actually fans of yours as well. And, and but no, it's it's really great meeting the fans. Um when they give you their inspirational stories of what it meant to them and uh, you know what it, what it was that they were able to get through in their life because of the movie. That's really nice to hear. And their inspiration or their inspirational stories is my inspiration to keep going. See, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, because I think it's like anything. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny movie and people know it. And it's like anything. You know, you see a movie. And we all remember, remember different stuff we've seen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like anything. I remember songs I've heard at certain times. You know, it's like, oh, I remember that. I heard that song when this happened or that song. And for that movie, and because it was so like the underdog story, I mean, mm -hmm. it was, you know, it was, it was a black and white movie. Mm -hmm. So now, now, do you have any, have you had any weirdos at these conventions? Oh, there's always weirdos. Because I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know my friend Max, Max Wasa, she does a lot of that. Oh, yeah. You know, Max? Yeah. I, I was just at her, uh, it's funny, I was at her 4th of July party and, oh. uh, Okay. The soup Nazi. Well, you went to the soup Nazis. Larry's. I did. Now, do you know Larry? I do. I, I through the convention circuit. Yeah, because yeah, he was. He was. <laughs> I met him at, at her party, and then Stuttering John from Stern was there. Uh -huh. And I was so bummed because we left because it was Fourth of July, and we get, we went there early, and it was we got our Uber home, uh -huh. and then Ron Jeremy showed up. I'm like, oh man, I'm at a Ron Jeremy party. But so, so now, I mean, that's just cool. Fourth of July, Ron Jeremy. It's like, come on, let, I'm in LA. You know, like my friends back east. Uh -huh. That's cool. So, so now, I mean, what is something that weird that has happened in? In like a good weird, like has anyone ever brought you like like cool? Oh, I guess you can't really eat snacks that people bring them, but has anyone ever give, brought you stuff like a like a card or or um, or a, or a something that you said, wow, this is really they really made an effort. I, you know, nothing weird in that sense actually. I, I've had a couple of people knowing that I'm into photography as well. They've brought me some eight by tens of whatever. Um, somebody gave me. Uh, photograph of a flower somebody else gave me a photograph i think i was in texas at the time and they gave me some photographs of some things there so i mean nothing is standing out as far as story so i i guess that's in a good way yeah, that's right, that's <laughs> you right, know? or or i just kind of take it in stride i guess i don't know <laughs> now when did you start getting into photography i mean how, to, how did you get into it you know it, along with dancing and all that kind of stuff photography was also an interest um as well as drawing okay um and when i was being out here in california it's something that i always kind of looked into and at one point uh valley college i saw in one of their you know evening classes things the adult classes that they offered a pretty reasonably priced class i was like all right screw it i'm gonna take it I didn't have a DSLR at that time, but I did have a Canon point-and-shoot that had manual settings. And so I was like, all right, screw it. I'm going, I'm going to order a DSLR. And that's when uh, Canon came out with their first uh, low-level professional, you know, just like for the average person. Right. Um, the XTL. It was the, it was the original XTL. And so I got it, and... and uh, the, the first class, though, was with the point-and-shoot camera, and, and just that 
what that first class opened up for me with doing these different settings on the manual settings was just amazing. Um, and then I found a, a school that uh, was pretty affordable over in West Covina, and I studied there for about three, two, three years. And basically what I wanted to do was offer headshots the way that I wanted headshots taken. Okay. So, so then that's always good because, you know, if you go to your agent, you know, they say this or that. As I remember my, my agent said, oh, well, you know, take them, uh, you know, we would need them outside. You know, that was the big trend. And so I got some outside. And then I had a uh, photographer on my show who was a TV writer who went mm-hmm. doing photography. And we went in the studio. And he was like, he doesn't do them outside. And everyone was like, that's a great headshot. It was how he saw it. And he joked around. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. Because so many times you have two kind of headshots. Yeah, I mean, you see, you have the, the art. studio. Yeah. There was a studio that's like no, no internal or external light coming in at all. So it was all strobes. And then you had the natural light that would filter in, you know, into a room. And then you had outdoors. Um, I kind of like using the natural light as much as possible. I do have a couple strobes, but I just always like the natural light the natural better. light's good, yeah. It's just, and it's so easy now to take. Like, like I remember, you know, when, back when you had to get headshots. Like, when you first started doing the... Uh, the convention black and white you, you know to, back then I, it was all black and white and you had to buy them and you could get the lithographs mm-hmm. but now for the conventions it must be weird because people just come up and take a picture with you it's right it's like that's what they do now they don't they just like say yeah but you home. know we have our photos we have uh, um you know the 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 um the obligatory uh clerk shots screenshots um and then some i have some other screenshots from other independent films that i've done and i i started kind of making some limited numbered uh photoshopped items that i've got um and uh pretty soon it's like i, I got together with a photographer friend of mine i'm like you know i want to do some kind of a photo shoot of something so going to do something next month hopefully not sure what um but yeah you know but yes a lot of them do come you know they can i take a photo with you and Brian and I, we don't charge for those kind of photographs. I know the one I was at, they were charging because it was funny. A lot do. It's like they'll charge anywhere from five, ten, you know, or more, um, or you know, you have to buy an eight by ten and then you can do it for free or something like that. So you know, various. Uh, but from the onset of doing these, and I, I had booking agents that that did want to charge for that, and I was like, no, I can't. I, I just can't. It's just like it's like you know. It's like if you're out, some things. Now, now, Clerks Three is coming out. Well, um. So what's, what's the what's 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 the scoop on that? <laughs> it's just been postponed for the third time, till next year. Do they know why, or is it just something? Uh, there's just a lot. Uh, well, when they were doing location scouting, uh, they happened to show Kevin a mall. Now. I have not seen the script. I have no idea what the script is about. I guess I'm going to be in Clerks 3. I was I was told that I would be in it. Um, but uh, they were at a mall. He's like, oh, this is a story I heard. Oh, this looks like, uh, you know, the mall that we did mall rats in and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, that would that would be kind of a nice, you know, if we ever did a, a mall rats too. And so the location scouter said to him, uh, well, if you're going to do that, you've got to do it quickly because this mall is going to be torn down. Oh, man. Uh, so it kind of had him thinking. And then there were some other uh, issues kind of going on. Um, and so they decided to push Clerks 3 and do Mall Rats 2. And uh, so that's what's going to be done. Well, but you'll be in Clerks 3 when it comes out. Yes, okay. yes. So now I know you were recently back east. Mm-hmm. Now, did you go to the beaches? I didn't have time. You don't. So, so I mean, what do you do when you go back east? You, just, I, you know, it's like I'm a new grandma. Okay. <laughs> so, so what's that like? I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like you know, it's it's because it's is it is it feel weird being a no, grandma? No, no, not at all. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because a lot of people get so bent out of shape when they're you know these new s- things happen with their kids' lives. Never affected me that way. It's it's I'm like it's life. That's what happens. I mean, just like when I was growing up, these were things that were going to happen in my life. So that's how I'm taking it. I'm like, you know, I, I'm very excited for my little grandson. Um, and I, I'm usually back east for such short periods of time. And he was getting christened. And so I was there for that. I was there for four, five days, five, six days. So I really didn't get much of a chance to do much of anything. I miss that humid New Jersey. Oh, God, it was awful. I'm going to tell you something, and I noticed this. (laughs) Man, 
you know, because I wake up early. My girlfriend goes to the gym at like 6 a.m. Uh-huh. And she's from New Jersey. She's been out here a year and a half. And, and we've noticed when we get up, man, lately, it's like 75% humidity. I live in Burbank. It's been like 70. We didn't. We're getting like East Coast kind of we scariness. We are. It's like, you know, we, it's never, like we never had that. And it's the last two years is when I kind of started feeling it. And this year, kind of feeling it. But, but I got to say, though, because. Tuesday and Wednesday of when I was back east, it was it was raining and um, it was it felt like a hundred percent humidity. It was it was terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> we have only a few minutes left. Uh-huh. Um, now, do you have some conventions coming up? I believe. Don't you have one in Ventura coming up? I do. Well, I have one in Michigan first. It's a one day convention called MegaCon, and you can find it on my website MarilynGigliotti.com and Facebook and all Which that. Which is a very stuff. nice website. Thank you. I go to I go to the websites because I usually do Wikipedia and IMDb because a lot of people don't have websites. Yeah. And then I was in, and then I looked and the, the only thing I'm such a weirdo like because when I post this to my <laughs> website because I, I, I the the writing's different I'm like I hope it translates to my <laughs> yes. background because like my my font for my podcast. I know. I'm like but it's a good website. Thank and then you. people spell it's Marilyn M A R I L Y N G H I G L I O T T I dot com. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I'll be in Michigan for for MegaCon, and then the following weekend, the last weekend of the month, I'll be in Ventura Comic Con. Now, there's is that are the Comic Cons fun? It, it looks like a good lineup. Uh, if you see Doug Jones, yeah, he's the past guest. You tell Doug. Steve Cooper says hi. He okay. Was somebody, he's so tall. I know. I mean, he's like so, <laughs> and, and so and skinny, <laughs> like the skinniest person I've ever seen. I'm like, I look, and he's like, he's like six five, and I think his waist is like twenty nine. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> if like, that. I mean, he, I weigh, I'm five ten, I'm thin, and I think I weigh five more pounds than him. <laughs> so now do you get, do you get to see people that you have seen these conventions? It's sort of like a tight crowd. You guys become friendly with them. Yeah. Well, and and the thing was, it's like uh, a previous booking agent that I had um, is. Doug Jones booking agent. So we were kind of in the same circle already. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I've gotten to know a lot of them and uh, it, it's when you see them over and over again, you kind of get to talking and yeah, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's really nice. Now, any, any auditions coming up? Uh, nothing coming up. Um, although I do have a couple of movies that they've been in development and, you know, kind of lingering up in the air, <laughs> waiting for something to drop. Um, and then while I was at San Diego and in New Jersey, I had someone send me a, a script to review and that they have interest in me being, um, I, I read the script. Not bad. I kind of liked it actually. So just waiting to hear what's going to happen with that, but nothing as of yet. And I also have to look up, look for new representation. It's always you need you need a good representation. You know, <laughs> yeah. sometimes you're with people and they don't they don't. Yeah, it's like anything. People just you know, <laughs> there's so many agents out here, and you know, some will speak to speak the moon, and you're with them, and you never hear from them. And you go, what the hell? Oh wait, you put them in L.A. casting, so I'm supposed to submit everything myself. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been through that. So uh, okay, so so we have the the Comic Cons coming, uh, the Comic Con Adventure, and then you have the Michigan. Uh, what's it called? The Megacon. Okay, and now you you tweet, right? I do. Uh, that clerk's girl is my Twitter handle. Now, do you tweet a lot? I, I try to. I followed you. You better follow me back. Okay, yes. I, I do try to, but Facebook just seems a lot easier to just kind of continuously go. Be- it's just that I hate being held to 140 characters in Twitter. <laughs> Everybody hates that. It's just, but, but, it, but, it, but it makes you... Uh... It makes you learn to abbreviate. That's why I think I sit there and go, I wanted to write something the other day. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is too long. And I go, oh, and I go, if I take it out, it doesn't do the scenario. It so. takes me 10 minutes to figure out, Zach, how can I shorten this? Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you so much uh, for having me. We were, we were, people don't know, we were on a show a few weeks ago where she called in and then I called in later. And then I saw her name when they tweeted about it. So then I hit you up on Facebook and yeah. she was kind enough to get back to me. So give all your info again real quick. Uh, so on Facebook, I am Marilyn Giggly. I also have a fan page, Marilyn Gigliotti, so you can hit me up on both of those. Uh, website, MarilynGigliotti.com. Twitter, that clerk's girl. And I'm on Instagram as well. Okay. And I, what's the Instagram? Marilyn Gigliotti. Okay. Well, people, <laughs> so follow her. Also follow me uh, at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk on Twitter. Go to my website, CooperTalk.net, where you can find over 400 episodes. Also, iTunes and Stitcher. Type in one word, just one word only, Cooper Talk. When you search, you'll find it. If you have an Android uh, device, go to the Google Play Store. And there's a Cooper Talk app. All my episodes are up on there. It disappeared for a while. I, I didn't agree to some agreement, but it's free. You can get that stuff there. So go there. Um, Instagram, Cooper Talk 1. Send me an email, cooper at coopertalk.com. 
net and uh, don't forget my other website stopthesalt.com stopthesalt.com you know when I had my heart problem I had to change my diet so it's a great recipe it's a great cookbook it's 120 recipes low sodium easy to make no pictures so you won't get confused you can't be like oh my god I can't make that no not tons of ingredients there's no cumin you don't need cumin it's stuff you have in your house there might be a few things you want to go buy but you should go have them and it just explains how to cook easy and there's 120 recipes and they're all in low sodium because sodium is a killer it will give you high high blood pressure and buy it from me you can go to amazon but buy it from stopthesalt.com i'll sign it and i make more money so yeah so follow marilyn follow me at cooper talk i'm steve cooper i'm only as hip as my guest don't forget drink your water eat your vegetables take your vitamins i will talk to you next week